Welcome to season two of the Closing Time Podcast. I am Joe Aguirre. This is Sanam Salati. We're so excited to have her on the podcast. Our friend Abby has moved on to greener pastures and we wish her the best of luck. We do miss her. Uh, And thank you to Sanam for stepping up and and wanting to be a part of this. It's been a crazy year, obviously, with COVID and, and thank goodness things are starting to wind down. I'm vaccinated. I'm half vaccinated. She's almost there. I'm good. So we're not wearing masks and we're obviously not six feet apart, but it's the best we could do. Yeah. 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 So, um, but very exciting. We were just t- talking before we started about um, my my son. He is dying to go to McDonald's and sit inside because <laughs> it's not like he hasn't had McDonald's. This is true. But the experience I, after a year, I wouldn't even have thought a five-year-old would be thinking about that. I thought that was amazing. It made me feel terrible. Yeah, well, no, I mean, you were being safe and and taking the proper precautions to keep him healthy. That's the most important thing. And luckily, he has lots of siblings to keep social interaction alive at home. (laughs) Well, it's funny. You had just sort of mentioned before we started a a friend of yours whose kid's talking like an adult. And my son, because he doesn't know any other kids, he like says really adult and really smart and really thought out stuff. He was playing a video game the other day. And he was saying something that he had to do this thing and it would spawn a new character. And I was spawn. like, spawn. I go, what's spawn mean? Yeah. And he looked at me like I was an idiot. And he goes, <laughs> it means to create something new. Oh, good for him. I was like, oh my gosh, how is this kid learning? That's amazing. Because he's definitely it's learning. It's through osmosis. It must be through something. <laughs> Uh, by the way, this uh, season of Closing Time podcast is powered by Rocky Hill Accountants, LLC. My accountant, Glenn, is the greatest guy in the entire world. He has, like, helped me in everything I do. There's two things, Sanam, I insist yeah. that I will always pay a professional to do. Number one is anything to do with my money. Yeah. And number two is anything electrical. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's more than more than just that. But yeah, no, definitely. I love my accountant too. Can't wait to meet yours. I've heard so much about him. He's so amazing. And his wife's pretty great too. But, um, so this real estate market has been really weird. And I think if you're sort of watching the news, you might be thinking, first of all, that everybody from New York has moved to Connecticut. And the other thing you might be thinking is that houses are every house is flying off the market 20, 30,000 over and over asking. You know, it's all the good ones are. Yeah. The good ones are. And I think what's happening is a lot of sellers are hearing all this news. How can you miss it? And then they assume that they're just going to demand whatever price they want rather than actually listening to where the marketplace is. So, yeah, we're seeing actually what was the percentage of homes that had sat on the market? It was 42% of homes went over list price. Well, that's, which is insane. Yeah, it is. Because, right? I mean, that's that's never that would never happen no. in a normal situation. Definitely not. And it's so funny because recently, like I'm I'm having communications with other agents, like when I'm representing the buyer, where we present very strong offers. We'll look at what's happened in the marketplace, but that doesn't really matter. So we kick it up a notch. We've included escalation clauses and so many other things. And we'll submit what we feel are very strong offers. And the listing agents are shocked to get even stronger offers. I actually had a buyer last week. Um, they offered a full ca- cash price offer, 130000 over ask. Wow. Zero contingencies. And they did not get it. Oh, 
130,000. It was in Glastonbury. So, I mean, the towns do matter. Um, but when I spoke with the listing agent, he was even surprised. And I'm like, how does, how does that even make sense? At 130,000, I actually had advised them that we were probably going into high. They didn't care. It was going to be their forever home. So it was a little bit different. And yeah, 130,000 cash, no contingency. That is the most shocking thing I've ever heard in real estate, and, that offer. Wow. And then on top of it, it wasn't on Zillow or it wasn't syndicated on any of the other sites out there. It was only through the MLS. They must not have shared it. So can you believe that? He had 54 offers when I asked him. Oh, offers. Wow. I mean, right. So again, the really nice houses, um, What's the, is it, is it, I mean, I wouldn't think too Not high too end high, price wise, but like that good mid range. But whatever it sold for, if it was over 130,000, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And he believed it and he agreed with me. And the escalation clauses, right? This is because obviously with appraisals and things, yeah. you could run into a situation you want to kind of. Yeah, well, we are running into that. So we are running into a lot of properties that are not necessarily appraising. But in order to make your offer stronger, we're having the conversations with our buyers where, look, at, if you actually want to move into this house and this is going to be a long-term position for you, waive, you know, obviously you're not going to have any appraisal rider, but in the event the property does not appraise, you need to agree to pay that difference. And a lot of them are because they want to purchase the house. So, I mean, otherwise you're not going to get the home. And that's just the reality. Yeah. This is one of those markets where you your offer has to be your offer not just strong, but like on steroids. It, it has to be on steroids. And it, this is not a market for everybody. Like for people that, you know, need to have a little bit of control and, and a little bit of logic, like this will make somebody sick all day long because it's just, it's a rough market out there. We're seeing people offering to pay um, sellers concession, um, the seller conveyance tax, which is about a 1%. Yeah. Conveyance tax. Wow. I've never seen that. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. that. We've seen some buyers offer to pay sellers moving costs. Yeah, what well, if they really want the house, how do you sweeten the pot? Um, it, it, we're, we're seeing wild things out there right now. So, I mean, when when we say it's a seller's market, again, and I, we're talking about about half of the market, really. Half the market, right? Yeah. That it's truly a seller's market to the point where you're getting goodies and yeah. treats of this, like, wow. Uh, that is absolutely insane. It is so insane. And actually, I'm sure you did. You see the um, the bill that came through through um, CTR where they're trying to squash the, this yep. other tax. So I don't know if people are aware, but um, a bill was passed and it came through as like um, an environmental thing where they wanted to put money aside for bird migration and for conservation land and oh. towns. And they want to um, have another tax on top of the regular conveyance tax. Anything over 150,000, there's another, I think like a half a percent tax and it can climb up to one and a half percent. Like I think once you hit 800,000 and 1.2 million, like it, it, it continues to increase, but that's another tax that they're looking to impose on top of the standard conveyance tax. And then they're also not determining whether the buyer's gonna pay it or the seller's gonna pay it or whether that's another negotiation standpoint. So it's like, ugh, do we, right? Do we really need more taxes? No more taxes, I not, mean, not for really? real estate. Because again, this market is not gonna stay like this forever. Right. And so what happens when it normalizes? Now nobody's ever gonna wanna move with all these additional fees, so. Yeah. So right. Short term. Yeah. Good idea. Long term. Horrible idea. Because when the market gets back, you know, and Realtor.com estimates that there are 200,000 
potential sellers who are holding off from listing their home right now. That's amazing. What what happens when they all decide they're ready to rock and roll at the same time, right? <laughs> oh my God, I don't want to. I don't want to imagine. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So it's definitely, but it's so again for people who are watching the news and who are trying to figure out what is really going on. So now what's, where would you tell people the, like, I don't mean agents or people like regular people who are interested in buying and selling. What's the best place to go to get the most current information for them? Honestly, your realtor, like yeah. in my opinion, you need to interview and find a strong realtor who knows what they're doing, who's going to guide you. Yeah. And that that's pretty much it. There's a lot of information out there, but we see the stats firsthand. We're the ones that are like pulling up our sleeves. We're in the grind of it. We're the ones communicating with our colleagues. So a good realtor. It's important to get a good realtor. Yeah. It really is. Someone you know and trust. Yeah. I don't know if we know anybody <laughs> like that, but but maybe we do. I know some people. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is sort of the real estate police blotter. There's another one of these crazy situations where, again, another reason why you really need a real estate agent when you're involved in a transaction. A brother and sister in California um, were, uh, just to sort of lay it out for you, they made $6 million by listing homes that weren't really theirs to list. That's a pretty penny to make. Yeah. Holy moly. I think a lot of these are uh, like the uh, Airbnb. So you rent a place for the week and you throw a sign up that you're having an open house. It's for sale. And you play like you're the agent and some unsuspecting buyer comes in and they want to buy it because it's underpriced, of course. Yeah, of course. Because you don't care what the price is. Mm -hmm. And you get that deposit immediately. And then when they come back, uh, you're gone. And years ago, when like Craigslist was like all the rage, I would get phone calls once in a blue moon from somebody saying, I'm calling to like rent your place. I don't do a lot of rentals because mm -hmm. there's a lot of red tape that comes along with that. But I'm like, what are you talking about? What rental? And then I would go on to Craigslist and there would be a house that I actually have for sale. So they would pirate my pictures, Ooh. all my information. They would even like, yeah, all my information and then put it up for rent. Um, and then they would basically scam people. So you would have to report it to Craigslist, police, whatever. And like, and then they would have it removed. You'd flag it. They'd have it removed. But when we used to put all our listings on Craigslist back in the day, like that would happen once in a blue moon. So um, I tell you, there's always somebody out there looking for the next scam. There really <laughs> is. Um, the, this brother and sister over four months Made six million dollars. I feel like, so. What? I feel so bad for the people that got scammed because yeah. they're out that money. They're not going to see that money back. It's so sad. Well, this is actually talking about this scam. When the market had our when, when we had our last downturn, there were a lot of um, properties where you could lease to own, which sounds really appealing to people that don't have the greatest credit. So a lot of people will will slide into that you know type of program build their credit up over a year or two, and then actually buy the property that they're living in. But when the market had turned, a lot of people were just renting out their properties, collecting rent, not paying the mortgage. And then two years later, the bank would evict the poor tenants that have been paying on time, because you have to pay on time right. in order to actually be able to um, 
take advantage of, you know, sliding right, into the right. purchase. So sad. Yeah, there's always crazy things that happen. And that's why you need a good realtor who actually knows what they're doing and will tell you not to make those mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's really what it's all about, yeah. you know, doing your due diligence and really making sure that you know, um, right? I mean, you got to do all that research. Uh, and I think it's easy for a realtor to to not, to just assume everything's on the up and up. But if you're good at what you're doing, uh, we and research I do, everything. Yeah, you got you to gotta make sure that everything um, checks out before you start handing checks for large amounts over to people. Yeah. Yeah, super important. Uh, this is kind of cool. My wife and I uh, had been doing this thing for a while where we would find three charities a month and we would donate money. Nice. And we stopped doing it for a while uh, during during COVID. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who You're knows? Just trying to keep your head on straight yeah. during COVID. Um, yeah. And so we just got back to it. And I, I'm very excited that we did. Uh, the one that I got to pick was the Cove Center for Grieving Children. What is this? It's um, it's a free service uh, for children who are dealing with a death, uh, you know, whether it be somebody in the family or friend. Oh, yeah. It's my friend, Allison Gamber, who I've done a ton of work with in the past. Uh, she's always involved in some sort of amazing organization. This is the latest one. The Cove Center for Grieving Children is having a virtual celebration and silent auction April 22nd through the 24th. My buddy Joe Fury from Channel 8's I'm Seeing It. I had a chance to chat with Allison about this amazing event. Allison, thank you so much for being here. I know you got a big event coming up, and I'm excited to talk about it. First, though, for people who don't know um, about the Cove Center for Grieving Children, can you talk a little bit about what you guys do and the fact that it's free? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. So the Cove Center for Grieving Children provides free support services to children who are grieving the death of a parent or a sibling. We've been in existence for over 25 years, and we have a number of different programs that we offer, and they are all free of charge. So if there's a child that you know that's experiencing the death of a parent or a sibling, they can reach out to us, fill out an application, and then go through an interview process to join our family program. Our family program is a 20-week program that runs September through June, essentially meeting every other week. And in that process, we are teaching the children how to process their grief, how to take their grief from something with such strong emotions and such strong feelings and turn it into something positive, to remember the loved one that has died, to honor their death, their memory, and to be able to help give them tools and skills that they need to be able to handle and deal their grief in a healthy way for the rest of their life. And so we're clear here, though, this is not a therapy group. Correct. It is not therapy. It is a peer support. However, it is facilitated by a licensed social worker. And then we also have trained volunteers that actually facilitate the program with the kids. Our, our programs are all, all art therapy based. So all of our volunteers will have some kind of an activity to help get the kids to talk about their feelings, to understand what, what everything that's going on inside of them, to put to words, to, to educate them on their emotions and on their feelings and take those that piece of art that they're creating. And, it, and generally it's about the loved one that has died and taking that home so they can also have something to tangible that they can have to be able to remember their loved one. And this isn't like a gloomy and depressing thing. You're not like dwelling on the death. It's more of an upbeat sort of activity, yes? 
Yes, it is. You know, we there there is talk about the death. There is discussion about the person um, because we never want to forget the person that has died. And so we are always encouraging them to talk about it. Does it have sad points? Of course. Is it emotional? Absolutely. But we have to work through those feelings in order to come out on the other side, a healthier, stronger individual. So while there is a lot of hard work, the kids also do have fun. They have, they have free time, um, obviously. Pre-COVID, it was much different where they were allowed to, you know, play basketball or bounce a ball around or just be silly kids. And that was part, that is part of the process. It's part of that social interaction that these families really need. And for the children to, to become friendly with another child is experiencing something very similar to them. You know, a little off topic, my son hasn't been with another five-year-old boy in ages like a year at least and he actually said that to me the other day he actually talked about the fact that he doesn't have any peers as you call them and i think when you're going through any kind of experience especially the death of somebody i mean just to have somebody your age sort of that you can connect with and 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 be able to relate to i think especially when you're a kid it's it's feeling like you're not the same as everybody else that makes things awkward. And so I think mm -hmm. having peers that are going through similar situations, you're like, it's not just me. Exactly. Exactly. Because most kids that are experiencing the death of a parent or a sibling feel isolated. They don't know another child that is experiencing the same thing that they're experiencing. So to be able to connect them to another child in their age range is is just so healthy and helpful for their development and for that grieving process. You know, as adults, when you think about yourself, when you're when somebody dies that's close to you, whether it's a parent or a friend or even a grandparent as you, you get older, how it impacts you. And as an adult, you you can understand, okay, this person has died, they're not coming back, they this is what's happening. As a child, we need to teach them that they're not coming back and to help them process through all of that. Because I know for even for me, it's a lot to process when somebody dies, even if they're not that close to me. It affects me very, very deeply. I'm, that's just me and who I am. And I know that and the people around me know that. So to give these kids this opportunity to grieve in, in a healthy environment with their peers is really important because I know a lot of the kids say they don't, they don't feel the same anymore. They don't have that dad figure anymore, that mom figure to be able to go to their sports activities or their band concerts or whatever that is that's, that's important to them. And But their peers still have that connection. They still have, the, their family is still intact. So those things are really important for kids to be able to understand. And we mentioned that the programs are free. And the reason that they're free is because of the kindness of people. Um, and there you're so you mentioned celebrating 25 years, which is amazing. And I, I hope more people learn about the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Good is such an amazing organization. But your big fundraiser is coming up April 22nd through the 24th. Obviously, it's virtual. Tell us a little bit about that. And I, you got a good buddy of mine hosting it. So I know the night's going to be amazing. Yes, I'm so excited. So we have, it's kind of a two-part two piece. So the virtual auction runs April 22nd through the 24th. And that will be, it's all virtual. We've got some amazing items um, from all businesses across the state. We're trying to 
you know, support local also. So we've got a lot of stuff coming in from small businesses that we're really excited to get out into the public's eye and let them see that. Um, that is going to be a huge part of this fundraising event is, is our auction. So again, that'll run the 22nd through the 24th. And then on the evening of the 24th, we're having a virtual celebration. And I am so excited to have Joe Fury from Channel 8 hosting as our MC for the evening. So we're gonna have, Joe's gonna talk us through the night. We have a lot of guests um, that are gonna be popping in and to cheer, it, cheer all about the, the Cove and tell people how wonderful our services are. And we're really excited. And that evening will also be an ask event. We are gonna be generating some funds to make sure that we can keep our programs free. We do not wanna have grieving families paying for more things than they absolutely need to. And this is one thing we don't want them to pay for. We do not want to worry them about, you know, finance issues. Oftentimes these families, they're now, um, they went from a two income home to a one income home. And that's a huge, huge burden. So we want to be able to raise a lot of money to be able to offer our programs free and continue to expand our programs in the future as well. And that's free. The event itself is also free, correct? Correct. The event is free. You can register on our website, covect.org. We do ask for a donation, but you're not obligated to do that. So as you're going through the, the registration process, and that's so that we can collect your email and then we can send you a link for the event um, a day or two prior to it. And just so anyone that's worried about it, I mean, it's a tax deductible contribution. Absolutely. So to me, I feel like if you're one of those people who has been sitting through COVID and you're like wishing you could make a difference, but can't really go anywhere, this is a really good opportunity to help. Even if you don't make a contribution, maybe you just spend your money on that live auction because there are some pretty incredible items. Yes, absolutely. So it is tax deductible. Um, every donation to the Cove is tax deductible. We do have some great auction items. I'm so excited. We have, um, let's see, let me think about this. Oh, we've got a great basket from Beauty Counter from one of our Cove families. We have, um, we have a, a lot of beverages. Um, <laughs> we're yeah. very excited about. Yes. We have baskets of kids' activities, um, an art, art basket. We have, um, uh, toolboxes from Stanley Tools. We have an American Girl doll. We have, I, I can just go on and on. We have so many amazing items. Oh, the beautiful blue um, hand-blown glass vase thing. Oh my gosh, it is apps. The cobalt blue color is unbelievable. So we've got such wonderful things, handcrafted items from so many artisans in Connecticut. Let's hear that website again. CoveCT.org. All right. The virtual auction Thursday, April 22nd through Saturday, April 24th, followed by that virtual celebration, again, hosted by Joe Fury. Uh, for anybody who's never been around a Joe Fury event, it's a lot of fun. He's an amazing guy, and this is an amazing organization. 25 years of helping families with grief support. It's such a worthwhile venture, and it sounds like it's going to be a pretty amazing night. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really looking forward to it. We have some fun activities planned for the evening. And like you said, Joe is just amazing. So I'm excited for his energy to, to come to our event and really help support grieving children in Connecticut. And if you know a child that's grieving, please reach out to us. We are here to support all families, regardless of where you live or your income level or anything. We are here to support everybody in Connecticut. Our, right now, our programs are virtual. Uh, we do plan on going back in person, but we still have virtual op options as well. So 
there's something for everybody. We want to try and reach every family we possibly can. Well, Allison, I'm so excited that we can help you uh, get this, the message out about this and, and get people to, uh, do they, you're still taking donations for items or is that closed? Um, but we, we can still take stuff up to about five days before the event. All right, cool. Allison Gamber, Executive Director of the Cove Center for Grieving Children and a good friend of mine. Uh, best of luck with, with the event and the auction. And anytime you ever have any events, you always know where you can come. Thank you so much, Joe. This was fun. That's awesome. How did you learn about it? Yeah, so uh, I saw it on her page and I was like, hey, what are you doing with this? Yeah. And um, she was like, she told me a little bit about the organization. And, you know, I mean, yeah. it's one of those things yeah. where you're like, oh, that's amazing. And it's all free. And, yeah. you know, it's I, I again, sort of asking about it, I'm like, you know, is it kind of like yeah. doom and gloom? <laughs> like, you know, they really upbeat with the kids and nice. you're meeting other kids and families who have gone through a loss. And so. You know, I think that's a big thing for it's, a kid is, you know, if you lose a parent or a grandparent and you kind of feel like you're the only kid, it makes yeah. you feel kind of weird. And it's nice to know that there's other weird kids. I'm yeah, just teasing. No, them out here. But, but again, people, you feel that way. And so, yeah. again, to have other people, a uh, great organization, they do a camp and all sorts of stuff. Oh, and so that's awesome. 26 years they've been they've been doing this. What? Yes. So I thought. We gotta get well, we gotta get the word out. The information. Yeah, I've never heard of it. It's funny, Tom and I, so our son is super athletic. He's almost seven, super, super athletic. And we were talking one day and I'm like, we're so fortunate to be able to actually sign him up for some of these, you know, um, athletic things that he does, but they they get to be really costly, like this and that and this and that. And he's busy all the time. And I'm like, it's so sad. Like there are some kids that don't have the financial means to do it. I'm like, I wish there was a charity. Cause it's a great outlet, right. Where people could donate, you know, for kids that want to play sports that don't have the means, but this is equally important or more important. Probably. Is there a charity for that? I don't know. Maybe we'll start one. Or if anybody knows of one, yeah, let us know. I'd be, well, again, I really do want to highlight uh, charities, especially yeah. Connecticut charities over the, uh, over the course of this show. Cause I think it's super important. And, uh, I, I really do. I really do. Uh, it, it's I try to instill that in my kids yeah. to be charitable, you know, not to be stupid charitable, you know, because you yeah. could do that, too. But, you know, give what you can and, and, and help out where you can. And sometimes it's, if you don't have the financial means, even volunteering. It's so funny. I was driving to the office the other day. One of the neighbors who lives around the corner, I saw her with her two little boys. Um, one is going to be in kindergarten next year. I think one is in kindergarten this year. And they were picking up trash as a family. Like who does that in this day and age? Amazing, amazing. people, right? Instilling yes. those values. Yes. Just yeah. amazing people. Yeah. Kudos yeah, to those people absolutely. doing it right. I just, I always instill that into my kids. Like do, do some sort of charity work. And again, if you can't give, yeah. give volunteer, time. man, yeah. that's even better, you know? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the Coast Center for Grieving Children is going to be an amazing night. Uh, Clovercrest Media Group is very excited to be one of the media sponsors for that event. Um, the weather's starting to get really nice, and um, yes, and um, I have to start watching my eating. I know, <laughs> right? Exercising. Oh man, I'm still. I'm at the point where uh, wearing pants, like actual pants to wear outside, yeah, uh, is becoming an increasing thing in my wardrobe again. So that's exciting. Yes, you that know, is exciting. Um. But it's so, you know, I bought a house uh, in Weathersfield 
in 2012. And when I called to make the offer to the other agent, the first thing out of her mouth before I even said how much the offer was, she said, they can fill the pool in. Yeah. Like with cement. And I was like, oh, no. I'm like, I does the pool work? And she was like, oh, yeah, no, it works really well. This was in 2012. People didn't want pools anymore. Yeah. It's kind of a pain in the butt to have a pool. Yeah, I remember like when I would meet with sellers and they would be like, oh, I have this great swimming pool. And I'm like, that doesn't really add any value. Yeah. Like, it's it's actually hurting. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It was literally hurting people. Um, My house actually went for like 50,000 less than original price. Because Because you're a good negotiator. I'm a great negotiator. First of all, (laughs) I went right in. Matter of fact, great story. I told my wife when I made the offer, I'm like, this is the number I'm going in at. This will be the number they counter at and we will accept that counter. And is that how it went down? It went exactly like that. And I had the thing nailed in about four minutes, start so to good. finish. Oh, yeah. So my good. wife was like, oh, my God, how did you do that? <laughs> do it for all my clients, as a matter of fact. Um, 94,000 new in-ground residential pools were built in 2020. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. 94,000. That's based on permits. So. Probably wow. another five or six thousand pools were built too, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, the top word on Zillow search last year, pool. That's amazing. This is like unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is about being quarantined. I'll bet you number two on the list was probably home office. Oh, yeah. So now, yeah, I mean. Right, or addict to stick to kids was probably third. (laughs) You know what I mean? Jumbo playroom, huge outside area. Those were things people are in the the mindset now where you can't travel. Yeah. You can't go places and you're stuck at home. Create the perfect space. Now you want a pool. Yeah. 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 That was the best thing that ever happened to me last year. Had the pool since 2012. Yeah. From 2012 to 2019, I hated it. Oh. <laughs> Until you were still so now, stuck at this home. is how I'll show you how I enjoy a pool. Oh, uh, yeah. Cleaning. It's all I yeah. do. And then everybody's like, Dad, jump in. Yeah. You know, now Dad's got stuff to do because he's yeah. a busy guy. So I don't get to. But this last year, opened the pool. I showed the kids how to keep it clean because nice. I was like, going to be so out here a lot. I did. I showed them how to just simple stuff, you know, throw a little shock in when you're done or whatever. If you guys have been in there for a long time or if anybody, you know, oops, um, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Um, and so, yeah, I taught them how to clean the, the check the filter and just do all that stuff. Nice. They did an amazing job. Nice. And it was an amazing summer. And I'm I'm already I'm ready. gearing up to open that bad boy up. Now the kids are super excited um and and it is we're we have an electrician coming over we're having the whole outside wired oh. we're really gonna make it the outside oasis very cool yeah cool. kind of soup it up by. oh yeah oh yeah i'm <laughs> very the whole family will just swing by <laughs> absolutely can't wait that's awesome um but yeah so um i just thought it was really interesting as you said and mentioned it's a really rare thing that pools were one of those things where it was sort of falling off kind of falling off the desirable list big time same thing with hot tubs too i have a friend actually who just bought a hot tub and they're like if you can't get a pool the hot tub is like your next best thing true that um i have a hot tub in my house (laughs) 
I'm not bragging. Not at all. I'm not bragging, but again, I found an amazing house that wasn't selling, had a hot tub in the basement in this beautiful cedar room in an in-ground pool and nobody wanted it. Because huh? that's actually two water sources in the yeah. same house. I could see where that could have been a serious detriment. Um, according to Zillow, properties that mention the word pool in their listings sell for 1% more than expected and properties with hot tubs. 2.7 percent more wow that is amazing. definitely not again a lot of the times that could tank your house a little bit uh if you had a pool so five years from now i wonder what that'll do like looking into the future like yeah. what is that gonna do for your values well, what's gonna happen when my kids are all 18 and moving onward and yeah. i have this stupid pool yeah then you sell yeah and you downsize yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you sell it to the next set of people who are going to enjoy it <laughs> God, I love having a pool when it's super hot and I get to go in it. But for about, I would say roughly 362 days out of the year. Wow. I I dread it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like boats. Like Tom and I are always like, oh, it would be nice to have a boat. And then we're like, no, we don't want to maintain the boat. It's good to have friends with boats. Yes. Friends with boats. Friends friends with with pools. pools. That's what you want. (laughs) Um. Next episode, I will tell you um, a hilarious story. Uh, you know me and my old feuding neighbor. Yes, had another dust up. Oh. It was it was crazy, but we made up. Good. Because he's an old Italian guy. I'm Italian as well. I decided I had to get him a gift, oh. so we could seal the deal of friendship over some bread. What was a gift or do we have to wait till next time? It's a bottle of Chianti. (laughs) Nice Chianti. So I'll share that story next week. It was pretty crazy. I'll tell you, I mean, you want to get along with your neighbors. Chianti doesn't hurt. Chianti's definitely going to help. Anyway, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Please visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash closing time podcast for more. Uh, Make sure you like us on Facebook where we share lots of fun real estate articles and information about the Connecticut real estate market. Make sure you like, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. uh, Or you could even tag someone that you know is looking for a real estate agent. We're that's what we do. Always happy to help. The closing time podcast is powered by Rocky Hill Accountants. It is part of the CMG Podcast Network. We have nearly 40 great shows to choose from at clovercrestmedia.com. And if you need a tax expert or bookkeeping or business consulting, and I've used them for all of this, please connect with Glenn and Heidi Parchman at Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm telling you, he's the best. The tax deadline, by the way, is May 17th this year. It has been extended because of COVID. Don't leave money on the table. Hire yourself a professional. He's also an expert in cryptocurrency. Ooh. Glenn is, I'm telling you, Glenn's the man. He's amazing. RockyHillAccountants.com is their website. For Sanam Zalati, I am Joe McGuire. Thank you so much for checking out season two, episode one Yay. of the Closing Time Podcast. <laughs> Powered by Rocky Hill Accountants. Bye. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns, 
The tax deadline for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com.